Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Well, definitely not the way you want to end your 2023 inaugural Big 12 season, losing to Georgia Tech in the Gasparilla Bowl 30-17. to We're going to get into it all. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Charge On. As always, I am your host, Sean Green. Before we get started, as always, a quick word from our sponsor, Bet Online. The only people that don't get time off this time of the year are pro athletes and us at Bet Online. With NFL, bowl season, and NBA in full swing over the holidays, BetOnline isn't taking a second off to make sure you have all of it up to the second odds, news, and info. BetOnline has all the sports wagering info available you need with both desktop and mobile access. Head there today to get in on the action. Remember, use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Guys, I, um... <laughs> so, went to Tampa. I went to Tampa for the game. Very long day. This I am recording this as you guys are watching it. It's Saturday uh, at noon. Uh, I went to Tampa. I was there from uh, about noon until 12 p.m., so midnight. Full 12 hours in Tampa. Um, went with a couple friends uh, up to the game. Went to the uh, the Kingdom pregame lunch at Bar Howard, which was amazing uh great event that was put on a bunch of knights fans were there um you know had open bar free food bunch of giveaways so um definitely again i know that people have been preaching supporting the kingdom uh you know to get some of the players that you want support the student athletes um so when they throw events like these definitely be on the lookout for it because it was my really first event with the kingdom and uh it was a good event so shout out to the kingdom um then had a couple hours went to the game uh, and we're going to get into everything. Uh, after the game, let's just say I was not very happy. We went to the casino for about an hour, and then I'm like, you know what, I got to go home. I got home about 1 a.m., so I said, I'm going to go to bed, get my thoughts in check, and then go record a pod. Twitter's been interesting. I'm going to start with Twitter. Twitter's been interesting. Listen, I'm going to be honest. Not happy about the game, right? At the end of the day, it's, it's an opportunity to get to seven wins, to have momentum going into next year, to win, you know, a bowl game, and to say that in your first year in the Big 12, you went to a bowl game, you won that bowl game, and you have momentum. Because it seems like everybody's just assuming that UCF is going to make a jump next year, right? You have one year in the Big 12, you just found out RJ Harvey's coming back, Javon Baker's coming back. Not sure if Kobe Hudson's going to come back yet, but you found out that all these players are going to be coming back. We found out before the game that Javon Baker was coming back, right? That was just a disappointing game, right? You start out so hot. Like, you start with your foot on the gas pedal. You start out like you're going to run these guys out of the building. Tampa's, you're basically your... Tampa's hometown team two, bounce house west. That's what was preached. That and listen, we haven't lost a game in Tampa, and I think seven years was the the stat. Like we, we, so it speaks for itself. 
the problem is what the problem has been all year. It's been the same problem all year. And we've talked about it on this show, right? We've talked about it. We said, what does UCF do? Why is UCF six and six at the time? Why is UCF not a top of the big 12? They have the offense to do it. Maybe not the defense, but the defense has showed up in certain instances where, you know, you can go out and win a game with the type of defense that you have in the offense you have. Why is UCF six and six? UCF beats themselves. Now, I will say, I'm going to give credit to Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech played phenomenally. And once they were down 17 to three, basically UCF wasn't in the game ever since. Georgia Tech woke up, defense was playing ferociously against our offense. Offense looked like they couldn't get anything done, looked stale, looked like they took their foot off the gas pedal. And Georgia Tech just ultimately. They wanted it more, clearly. And I know that that's such a cliche because I'm sure UCF, the the guys wanted it. Uh, There's no doubt. Ever since that R.J. Harvey fumble, the energy was just taken out. It seemed like, again, you couldn't do anything. So what were the two plays that, again, or no, three plays, three plays that UCF beat themselves and, again, cost them the game? Maybe even four, because if you count, it wouldn't. It wasn't four because John Rice's knee was down, but that was a turnover. If he, you know, luckily, if his knee wasn't down, he threw an interception. Instead of just taking the sack, he threw an interception. Now, granted, he threw a touchdown right after that, so that ended up being a wash, right? Uh, R.J. Harvey fumble, huge swing of the game. You're driving the ball down the field. R.J. Harvey fumbles. The Kobe Hudson drop touchdown. Perfect throw by John Rice Plumley. Kobe Hudson, as a receiver, you know, when you leave that ball out, it gives DBs an opportunity to knock that ball away. Didn't complete the catch. That's seven points right there. So right now you're looking at a minimum of 10 points because you're already in field goal range or somewhat field goal range with RJ Harvey fumble. You automatically score a touchdown. Now you score a field goal, I think, he made the field goal. Yeah, he made the field goal on the missed Kobe Hudson touchdown. So that's four points. That's, I mean, seven points. If you minimum of seven points right there, that's a touchdown. And then you miss you have the Colton Boomer missed field goal. Now, right there, that's 27 points. You lost 30 to 27. So it's not saying that UCF would have won this game. But I think it speaks for itself. UCF beats themselves. Every single game this year. And I love how the opposing fans and even some of our own fans say that is such a cop-out answer, Sean. I've gotten that. When I've said that, that's such a cop-out answer to say you beat yourselves. You got beat. You're right. You're right. But I think if, if you've watched UCF all year, and I think this is why the disappointment is here. Because you look at the team and you're like, this team is so talented. There's a reason. They're one of the top offenses in the country. Just look at all the offensive stats. They're right up there. And you're you're looking at yourself and you're like, how the hell do you only score 17 points? How? So it's become the frustration of, listen, we know how good this team is. But they haven't shown it. They've shown it in spurts, right? You go and you just utterly beat down Oklahoma State. By 42 points. 
And you're like, that's the team that we envisioned. Obviously. You envision that team. The team that's clicking on all cylinders on offense. The team that's stopping the run on defense. That's been the biggest negative. Like we said, oh, they've been stopping the run a lot better in the second half of the season. No, they haven't. They stopped Ollie Gordon. That's it. Cincinnati ran the ball on UCF. Like they did. Texas Tech ran the ball on UCF. Okay, Houston didn't, but that's Houston. And then you go into this bowl game with a team that, guess what? Runs the football. And you lose. I think somebody put a stat that they ran it 25 straight times at one point. Like, if you look at the stats, it's honestly crazy. Haynes King threw 7 for 13 for 87 yards, a touchdown and an interception. They ran it 53 times for 284 yards and two touchdowns. 284 yards. It's absolutely crazy to me. Like, 53 times. UCF on the other, and and that's the thing. Credit to Georgia Tech. Credit to Georgia Tech. Credit to UCF's pass defense. Early in the game, Georgia Tech was trying to throw the ball. UCF defensively was stout. You couldn't throw on us. It was good. Besides the one long touchdown, that was the only really, if you really think about it, that was the only really throw that beat UCF. And it was thrown into double coverage in a bread basket. Like, great throw by Haynes King. Besides that, UCF, you couldn't throw on them. So what did they do? Let's just run. Let's just run on them. Why? Why? Let's just take what every team has done to UCF. So in that sense, UCF doesn't beat themselves. For some reason, UCF just can't stop the run. I don't... When you load the box on UCF and you just run the ball, he's getting to the second level. You know, and listen, I get UCF fans supporting their team. There were fans clapping after four and five yard carries by Georgia Tech. And I'm sitting there like, that's if you do the math in your head, if you pick up four yards of carry every single time, they're going to get a first down and they're going to go score a touchdown. And that's literally what happened. I can't. I think there was maybe one or two times where UCF allowed a run less than four yards or three yards in the second half. I literally think there was one or two. So the offense's inability to score the football and move the football effectively. The defense's inability to stop the run is what did them in this game. Disappointing. This is two straight bowl games where, I mean, last year was 30-13 to against Duke. That one, I feel, and again, I think that one people could swallow a little bit more. You just lost a conference championship. Maybe not really one to wake up for a bowl game after, you know, losing a heartbreaker in that in that instance. Having to travel to Washington, D.C., cold weather. You're playing an up-and-coming Duke team. Had the same makings in this game. But you're in Tampa. Had nowhere near. Fought your way to a bowl game. Fought your way. Right? And you get to it, 
and you just crap the bed. You're in Tampa, bounce house west. And yes, Georgia Tech, Brent Key is like, listen, we, we talked about it on the pod. I said, listen, I picked UCF to lose. Now, when I was making bets with Bet Online, I, I, I ended up, I picked UCF to win. Because again, you know, you kind of have shifts during the week. I picked Georgia Tech to win because, it, again, the story around Georgia Tech hadn't been to a bowl game in five years. Players, fans were motivated. Credit to Georgia Tech fans. They came out, which I was really happy to see. I was really happy to see that it was basically, you know, obviously not a full stadium. I think the number was 30,000. UCF's side was completely packed. Georgia Tech's side was basically packed in that the middle part. But they, they woke up for this. It was an important game for them. And I think it was important for UCF. But just when the game got gritty and the game got tough, UCF crumbled. They did. Now, in the grand scheme, many positives to take away from this year. And we'll get into it on this um, upcoming episode of Charge On. We'll drop a episode this week uh, where we'll discuss, you know, the season as a whole, player grades. It'll be a good long episode where we kind of go dissect the entire roster and dissect the, the team and how they did this year. And there's a lot of positives you can take. But I think somebody said on Twitter, I was, I think, a former uh, a Mac Loudermilk said, like, moral victories are for losers. I think that is true. I think in certain instances, you can take moral victories. I think this season, you could take a couple moral victories and say, listen, we are going to get there. We're, we're not that far ahead. We're not that far away. We're not too far away. But at the same time, when you look at the problems that UCF, again, has faced all year, they weren't fixed. And that's, I think, what scares me the most going into year two in the Big 12. There's only a couple issues. There's literally only a couple. Besides the Georgia Tech game, nobody really stopped UCF on offense. We've said that. Nobody's really stopped UCF. UCF has beat themselves. UCF has beat themselves. And again, I'm not trying to get blowback for that. UCF has beat themselves in every game. Some way, somehow. Listen, it's the other team there, but missed field goals are not the other team. Missed field goals are missed field goals. When Gus Malzahn goes for on 4th and 11 on your 30-yard uh, line because he doesn't want to kick a 45-yarder in the bowl game. That means no confidence in the kicker because he's afraid he's going to miss the kick. And he'd rather go for it on 4th and 11 on their own 30 than kick a field goal. Or not their own 30. You know what I meant. Georgia Tech's 30. So that's number one. Offensively, finding ways to not beat yourself. Playing how you're supposed to play. Not making mistakes. Playing good, fundamental football and put the chips where they may. If at the end of the day, your defense can't stop the run, if they literally can't, but your offense did everything in their power, okay, you're Oklahoma 2.0. And we can complain about the defense. But when you go and you put performances up like that, where you're like, again, Boise State game, let's let's call it like it is. 
We don't talk about the Boise State game because it was a win. Boise State game was awful. Like, again, UCF beat themselves. Tips the ball up in the end zone a couple times. Like, again, there was a reason it was 18 to 16. So, not beating yourself is number one. And then number two on defense is stopping the run. Addison Williams, this is an important year for Addison Williams. I think Addison Williams has done an incredible job recruiting. I mean, especially DBs. I mean, if you just look at the DBs UCF has brought in over the last three years, Addison Williams is a great recruiter, right? And I think we kind of said this about Travis Williams too. Travis Williams can recruit the hell out of football players. I mean, hell of a recruiter. The problem is when it comes to, as a defensive coordinator, you need to switch it up. You need to have your scheme and make sure your players are bought in. You need to play a certain brand of football and make sure that that is your brand. You have to choose it and run with it. Travis Williams, he was a known, I'm going to blitz a lot and I'm not going to change it up. And that was helpful at a lot of times, but also a detriment at times. I think Addison Williams, it's been more of a test year. I think it's a lot of the same scheme, which I think is good. But then again, the scheme hasn't worked very well. And, And again, against the run. I think they've played the pass pretty well. I think they preach not giving up the big plays, which I know everybody does. But again, they preach that. they The way they play on defense, sometimes to a detriment, is give up the 10-yard passes, the, the dink and dunk passes, and have you beat us up front. But the problem is you can only do that if you could stop the run. To get into third and 10 situations, you need to be able to stop them on first and 10 from the run and second and 10 from the run. So that's been the problem that UCF has faced all year. Those are the two biggest problems. And we'll go into all of it on this week's episode. An inability to stop the run and an inability to not beat yourself. And that's my biggest fear. We can look at next year's roster and say, that's one of the best rosters in the Big 12. But if those two problems are still lingering next year, we will not win six games. And I genuinely am saying that. I'm not being... You don't know the quarterback situation right now. Yeah, you have returning people on offense. You're losing some people on defense. Who are you replacing them with? Is it going to be young guys? Are you going to be able to stop the run? The Big 12 has now turned into a running back league in the last two years. You're going to be seeing a top, at least a top 30 running back every single week. So what are you going to do about it? Not going to get ahead of myself. We have nine months. Nine long months. And I'm not going to talk more about this game. You watched it. I watched it. What is the point in going into a deep dive 30-minute episode on how UCF could not stop the run? UCF had no juice on offense. They looked like they didn't want to be there in the second half and just looked deflated. I mean, I'll couple good player balls. I'm going to, you know... I'm going to give one to uh, John Rice Plumlee. I get a lot of people, the second half looked rough. Kind of was a tale of two halves. John Rice uh, in the second half looked like old John Rice. But again, I think I will reiterate what Gus said. He's a hell of a leader, especially for this football team. And I mean, next year, who's going to step up? You need a a leader to step up because John Rice has been your leader and you're, you're losing that next year. Um, RJ Harvey, 15 carries for 120 yards. Obviously, the fumble hurt. But again, he ran it like 
he he was supposed to run it incredible all year. And then Javon Baker, nine receptions, 173 yards and a touchdown. Best game in a UCF uniform. Looked unstoppable in the first half. Unstoppable. All right, guys, that's going to do it for Charge On. Um, We'll be back this week to, again, break down the season and break down players and, you know, all that comes with it. If you want a hat, down below, Etsy shop. Please like, subscribe, share, comment, do all that you do. We greatly appreciate it. All right, everybody, have a merry Christmas. Happy holidays. This has been Charge On presented by Bet Online. We will see you this week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.